You're listening to Chirp Talks from the Chicago Independent Radio Project, 107.1 FM. I'm Jesse D. This week's doc, the Bad Witch Club Art and Music Collective. The Bad Witch Club is known for putting on FemaFest, which will take place in mid-February this year, close to Valentine's Day. It's the fifth year of this fest, which is a DIY music and arts event that takes place across two days and two venues, featuring diverse visual and musical artists, coming from Kansas City, Richmond, Maine, New York, and of course, there's lots of Chicago talent. Can you, can you, can you feel it? Can you take it? The Bad Witch Club defines itself as a queer and feminist coven that anyone can join, and actively seeks to lift up and shift the DIY scene. And who is the Bad Witch Club? I'm Zoe, and I handle all the music booking for Bad Witch Club. I'm Archie. I'm a visual artist for Bad Witch Club, and I also curate the gallery for FemaFest. And I'm Alma, and I do a lot of the graphic design work along with Archie, and I've been working with the vendors for FemaFest. And how did they meet? <laughs> Archie and I met on Tinder. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I met Archie through my friend Michael. We were in a band together called Drama Moth. And once Archie and I like obviously started dating, um, um, ended up booking a tour for Drama Moth. So we had a lot of time on the road together to talk about like other creative projects and what we wanted to do when we got home and. At that point, I've been doing FemaFest, which is a festival that Bad Witch Club now has um, taken over and started curating as a collective. I've been doing that for about four years. Um, And at that time, we had done the tour and stuff, and artists had started kind of contacting me almost like through FemaFest to book their own stuff. And I was having like a lot of questions about, I guess, what I wanted to do next. And um, I knew that I wanted to like keep on doing stuff within like advocacy in the arts and that's something that like drama moth really pushes for in their music and like in what they do like i know we were talking about like we wanted to you know have like a new name to do femifest stuff under and just to do like for zoe like to do booking stuff under and that's how you know bad witch club came to be femifest started through the young feminist club at my high school in des moines I don't know, it had originally started as a fundraiser for the club, and, you know, since our first fundraiser four years ago for this club at my high school, it had taken so many different shapes. Um, At this point, I had, you know, moved to Chicago, and there were just a lot of new, like, branches, I guess, that I wanted to take from the festival, and... It was, you know, I had never done a project separate of FemaFest or without FemaFest name. And since, you know, I had some, like, new minds on board, I thought it'd be really cool to kind of start a new project and um, create something new for myself. At the time, I was working as an intern for, I think it was, I, I think it was for the state party by then. It was for the Iowa Democratic Party. And I had been working on campaigns for like four or five years by then since Obama's re-election in politics and advocacy and activism were a huge part of my family and a huge part of, you know, what I did in and out of school. But at the time, I had started making friends with some local musicians in Des Moines um, and going to this dive venue downtown called Vaudeville Muse. And I don't know, there was something about the local music scene that got me really excited and I really wanted to get involved. And... Um, so we kind of came up with the idea of doing like a benefit concert for the club 
and I think like 80, 90 people came out and it was like, I think it was like $5 or if you bring a box of tampons that will donate to the women's shelter downtown, you can get them for free. Um, there was a bake sale, there was a gallery, basically everything that we have, you know, at FemaFest now. But that first FemaFest, nobody that worked on it or organized it was older than like 17. It was all run by high school girls, every single part of it. And I think it was really special for a lot of us to realize, you know, young people can like make a difference in their communities. And it just kind of like pushed us all to keep on doing FemaFest and events like that. And how old are all of you, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I just turned 20. I also just turned 20. <laughs> I'm 19. This blew my mind. To already have accomplished so much and have such clear sense of direction and self at a young age was very inspiring to me. Not only did the BWC put on FemaFest annually, but they plan extensive programming every month and plan every aspect from top to bottom, from the booking to the marketing to the budgeting. These events, just in the last few months, which have included a goth prom and benefit shows, feed into their goal to have an event every month to provide a platform for marginalized artists and receive feedback from the community. They also put out a zine last fall called Karma, which featured submissions from a diverse array of visual artists from across the world. Additionally, Archie and Elma are in a band called Drama Moth, which you heard at the top of this piece. I, like, personally have a lot of faith in this generation. I think it's really incredible how, like, I don't know, how strongly connected there's, like a, like, a deeper, like, connection between, like, people our age than I feel like there was maybe, like, previous generations before. And it all kind of stems from a common, like, hurt, like, oppression and, like, it's really great like the actions that like people have been taking that are our age towards like being more inclusive with basically like everything like they do and like fighting for I don't know like there's so much like more like activism within our generation and like I feel like there's there hasn't been like a better time for like something to like start happening like this. Archie made a comment about inclusion here, and I want to highlight some of the language used on the Bad Witch Club event posts. Like, for example, for the release show for Karmazine, the event page mentions that there will be a staircase with 15 steps and a handrail leading into the venue, and there will be an area set up in the back that will be well lit, so if you need to take a break from the music for a bit, you can escape. This is the first time I have personally seen something like this for a show, and regretfully, the first time I've even thought about it. It's a simple but effective disclaimer. When I first started booking shows like a couple years ago, that could have been a lot more like accessibility friendly. But people have been really kind to say like, hey, I need to know what my trip from the door, like from the front door to the venue is going to be like. I think it's like easy for me as like an able-bodied person to forget about those things. But like if you're going to book shows and like try to create a space that's welcoming and diverse for everybody, not just for the kind of diversity that like you personally need like you have to think about those things you know like um creating like safe spaces and like the diy community is sort of like a never-ending learning process which mm -hmm. is like really great like i like yeah it's really great like having people like say like give us advice on how we can make like spaces feel safer more accessible i i think organizing at least like on my end has become a lot more accessible and approachable 
I mean, virtually every show I've organized or whatever, every rally or every political event starts with a Facebook event page. (laughs) And we're constantly checking our numbers on Facebook. And like up until the day of the show, going to every Facebook group, every college group, I I at least think like our generation has just, I mean, like other generations before have had to grow up with so much like trauma. It's weird to say that like the trauma is even accessible now because like I'll turn on my phone and I'll see like four different headlines pertaining to like what our government thinks of young queer people or young trans people um, trying to get medical services that are like vital to, you know, their well-being. I would say growing up like I can definitely remember like just like this common just like strain of like a gut feeling like throughout my entire like generation like kids my age like there's just always something that was kind of like shifted or like just kind of like wrong and everybody like felt it. Zoe later makes references to the Stoneman Douglas shooting survivors and 29 year old congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She doesn't think it's a coincidence that some of the loudest voices calling for change lately in the political sphere have been from millennials and Gen Z. One thing that struck me through the course of our conversation was that Zoe, Archie, and Elma did not come across as angry. There was a definite thread of determined optimism in all of their answers. I'm an LGBT woman of color, and in my teens and early 20s, the majority of my peers and the discussions we were having revolved around anger. The answers I was continuing to hear from the BWC were, one, what choice do we have? Two, no one is going to be left out of our movement. And three, the outcome is only going to be as good as the amount of effort we put into our actions. This roll-up-your-sleeves can-do attitude was striking for this jaded millennial. Don't, like, get me or us wrong. Like, I am angry. Like, (laughs) we're still angry. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to do this, like, you know. And the thing is, like... We gotta recycle it. At this point, like, I've come to the, or we've come to the resolution that, like, the people that we're angry at don't have any interest in making things better. You know, Mike Pence or Steve King, like the congressman from my home state, um, you know, or the hateful people that, like, have been leaders in our lives for as long as we can remember it. They don't have any interest in changing their heart or making things better for us. So we have to be the ones to create those spaces for joy and like for celebration. Yeah, I don't know. I think it goes along with the whole like we don't have any other choice. Like we have to hold on to like we we have to hold on to each other, <laughs> you know? We're still like angry. Like I feel like there is like stuff to be angry about, but like I don't know. I think the best way to like make everyone feel comfortable and like safe and happy is, you know, to be optimistic and to be like it's gonna be okay like you know like it's gonna be cool and like we're gonna try to make it cool and we're gonna work as hard as we can to you know I think people are also really like looking for like a source of hope and so if you know like one party on a Friday night or one show or whatever or one festival like if that's that person's source of hope to like keep going and continue doing the hard stuff and going to those rallies and protests and having those conversations with their family members like by all mean, like, it would be a huge honor to, like, be that for people. Like, something special that I think happened, like, this past, um, I don't in September, I think, we headlined, like, our first festival, and it was through Maximum Ames in Ames, Iowa, and they, like, reached out and asked us if we would play their Pride Fest, and that was, oh. like, 
a big deal yeah that was awesome yeah like that's yeah. i don't know that was just cool uh, it was amazing really, fun. really crazy was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> there was um a couple of drag queens that opened up for us and um one of them was around like 12 years old and yeah so that was cool it, that was wow amazing. it was That's like yeah i was so impressed so shocked so blown away can i talk about lydia <laughs> there was oh. also this like group of That's kids funny. i was standing with the organizer this is like my favorite drama moth story <laughs> i was standing with the organizer of pride fest like watching the set or whatever and there was this group of kids behind us going just like crazy <laughs> like just like losing it to drama moth like every time one of them said something they just like screamed like an internet meme that like i felt too old to know when i'm like 20 like they were just it was crazy and of course they all had like their little pride flags and like their beads and stuff and after the show i was like do kids want to meet the band <laughs> and yeah it was really cool because like all these kids very like visibly identified as like members of like the lgbt community and they had all like driven out to pride took <laughs> all their friends out to ames pride fest like had their dad drop all these like kids off to see the band play and even though i'm like not in the band because like seeing like my friends art and music like resonate with these 11 and 12 year old like queer kids like i didn't have that you know when yeah. i was 11 or 12 <laughs> me neither like, like yeah, my heart was, like, so touched by them. Yeah. Like, they're just so young and just, like, so just vibrant, like, full of energy. And, like, I, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, I love meeting them more than, like, they loved, like, meeting us. It like, was extremely so cool. Cute. <laughs> so what's next? What will the BWC do to support this up-and-coming generation and their community for the next 5, 10, or 15 years? I mean, I feel very, like, connected to, like, what we're doing and very excited about what we're doing. And I just want to literally keep doing it and we've all already made like pretty major commitments to yeah um i mean alma and archie like dropped out of school so that way they could like be musician like working you know like musicians and be like making stuff and i transferred schools i and you know we all live together all of our work yeah most of our work happens after 10 p.m in our living room like <laughs> yeah my like dream i guess would be for Bad Witch Club or FemaFest to eventually become a touring festival, kind of like Warp Tour, but like gayer oh <laughs> and better and less masculine. And um, to even do like a like have like a record label, you know, or take artists on tour and do pop shows, like huge stadium shows, or with the way the world is working right now, Bad Witch Club could easily become that too. Whatever they end up doing, they'll be a force to reckon with. FemaFest 2019 will take place on Friday, February 15th, and Saturday, February 16th at Auxiliary Art and Hostel Euphoria. For tickets and information, go to femafest.eventbrite.com. And that's B-R-I-T-E. Bad Witch Club is on Facebook. Just search for Bad Witch Club or FemaFest. You can also follow them on Instagram at Bad Witch Picks, and that's P I X. 